Midnight Facts for Insomniacs. <laughs> I just learned something. Oh, I'm having fun now. So let's talk about the history of taxation. Uh, okay. If we have to. <laughs> sure. I feel like this episode is just going to make me mad. Consider this a punishment. I don't know what you did, but... <laughs> but, it, but I did it. It's, that's I'm fair. sure you did something. It's fair. Hey there, Nuggan. Hey, Shane. What's up? <laughs> yeah. You just try to match my energy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know where that came from because I don't have that kind of energy. That was overcompensation because... I'm kind of fading. We just finished a really long marathon episode. We're doing a couple today, and actually the last one could be two episodes. We might even split that in half because that was a real marathon. Woo. So we're heading into, like, delirium. We're feeling our age. Yeah, well, I'm getting to the point after we do this enough where I just, like, get delirious on hour three and a half of these. So this is going to be a crapshoot. I, <laughs> I have no faith in how this one's going to go. But let's wing it. A couple things real quick. Just a quick thanks to Benny from Oklahoma, listener from Oklahoma. We posted his fan art online. He did a cool computer graphic of Danger Wiener. When I saw that, I, I scared my wife. I laughed so loud. From the QAnon episode, we had made fun of Anthony Wiener. There was a lot going on there. Go listen to that episode. Yeah. So thanks again, Benny. You rock. And I'm sure Benny and all of our listeners will be absolutely thrilled because uh, I'm going to do an episode that no one wants. Uh, okay. Do I get a vote? I don't get a vote. Full disclosure, no one suggested this episode, and I honestly do feel a little guilty for hijacking the podcast for a week to explore a subject that literally everyone hates. Oh, sweet? Especially when we have so many great suggestions for topics that we haven't gotten to yet. I have a full list. I will, I'm will. i working my way down, and we will get to all of them. Uh-huh. So just on behalf of all the insomniacs and the midnight masses, I'm just going to ask now, the fuck are you doing? So this is interesting to me. Okay. I have been a frequent guest on a politics podcast called Square Off. It is me and T.R. Smith just uh, arguing about politics. I hate this already. It is not funny mm. at all. So if you're a big fan of this podcast because of the humor, uh, you won't like it. But if you like listening to me rant, there's plenty of that. <laughs> and one of the things that we have gone into in some depth over there is taxation. Because mm. he and I both have very different ideas about taxes and how they should work. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee this will be one of our least downloaded episodes, and I'm cool with that. But I think the insomniacs who do listen to this episode are going to gain a lot from it, because we're not going to focus on the tax code. This is not a guide to capital loss carryovers or accelerated depreciation. We're going to talk about the global history of taxation, the different types of taxes, and how taxes have shaped the world. You look about as happy as an accountant during tax season. I'm very excited about this. I can, I know, I can tell. It's emanating from you, and it's it, lunacy. You don't seem uh, as no. happy as I am. But no, no, no. You're not excited. No, no, no. Okay. not even a little. Well, <laughs> this is a good starting point. You do you, boo-boo. <laughs> this is an important subject, because look, there would not even be an America if people didn't hate taxes. And also love tea. Ish. Ironically, no one in America gives a fuck about tea anymore. Not, I mean, well, you know, unless you're on the coasts and you're kind of a new agey douchebag. No, you could add a tax of like 80 bucks to every packet of Earl Grey and Americans would be like, is that a lot? I don't, I don't know what this is. What is? <laughs> is that a lot? I don't know what this is. Fair enough. I mean, I, I am dual citizen with Britain, so I know exactly what it is. But... Half of our American audience was just like, what's an Earl Grey? <laughs> blink, blink. $80 seems pretty reasonable to purchase a guy. <laughs> 
Are we buying guys again? I thought we stopped that. It's just shifting priorities, right? No one cares about tea, but if you try adding four bucks to the McWhopper or whatever, there would be riots in the streets. Yes. Yes, there would be. More riots in the streets. Less justifiable riots. (laughs) I'm probably not going to march in the great Burger King riots of 2021. Probably not. Actually, Americans do not care about tea, but coffee. Maybe Woo. if you tax the coffee, like Starbucks, there would the Karens would take to the streets. I mean, I don't drink there a lot, but I might if they started taxing all coffee, because I'll shank them. Tax a pumpkin frappuccino, and it would just be chaos. You please okay. kill those forever. So broadly, taxes are all about redistribution of wealth, which is why they're so controversial. No one wants to talk about redistribution of wealth. It's all very Bernie. But that's what it is. A government is taking money from its citizens and using it for purposes with which the citizens may or may not agree. Mm. That could be a road, a school, a study regarding the mating habits of South American tree frogs or development of a nuclear weapon Mm. or development of a nuclear tree frog. I'm more on that one's side. I would read a study on the mating habits of nuclear tree frogs. Thermonuclear. I wouldn't Tree put, it, you know what? I wouldn't put anything past the government. And taxes have been used for worse. It's all true. Taxes have been used to try to kill goats with telekinesis. I remember this. We discussed this in a previous episode. In many cases, when a government operation is top secret, your taxes are spent in ways that you're not even allowed to know about. Yeah, yeah. The government wasn't exactly publicizing the whole psychic goat murder thing. Nor were they publicizing the Tuskegee Airmen experiments. Exactly. But taxes can be used in other ways, too. They can be used to try to influence behavior. Mm. So-called sin taxes, uh, S-I-N, not like S-Y-N, like speech patterns, Mm. but like S-I-N, like masturbation. You couldn't have just gone God or, you know, the devil, sin. They haven't tried to tax masturbation yet. It's coming. But. (laughs) You didn't get coming? It's coming? You get no credit. (laughs) You're just so focused on your fucking taxes. (laughs) Nerd. So sin taxes are taxes on items the government doesn't want you to buy. Hmm. So the government identifies certain products and behaviors that they deem harmful to society. And if they can't outlaw those items, they just slap what's called an excise tax on there and make them less desirable. Like? Like we don't want you smoking and drinking extra large cups of soda. But we know that prohibition doesn't really work you'll all just be brewing coca-cola in bathtubs so instead of making those items illegal we just make them super expensive you want an extra large soda should have worked harder (laughs) i I don't know the the statistics on whether or not this works but this sounds like bureaucratic thinking to me because people are addicted to cigarettes they're still gonna fucking buy them that is the problem because rich people aren't really affected by sin taxes no right jeff bezos could buy every soda in circulation and also all of the world's Mintos, and create a Mount Vesuvius soda volcano. Bezos, if you're listening, do that shit. I want to see it. <laughs> but poor people can't afford volcanoes of any kind, and that's why poor people are disproportionately affected by sin taxes. Right. Poor people smoke and drink and do all the same things that rich people do, but they're being sort of punished for doing that disproportionately because it's a larger portion of their income that they have to spend just to get a pack of cigarettes or a beer. Yes. That's why excise taxes are considered regressive taxes. In New York, for instance, the state slaps an extra $4 on every pack of cigarettes. Four bucks isn't much if you made $1,000 that day, but if you made 50 bucks, that's 8% of your daily income. Right. Poor people have to be really dedicated to getting lung cancer, while rich people can access lung cancer 
much more easily. Dude, they can access imported lung cancer. Lung cancer privilege. Yeah. Yeah. Which is some bullshit. And also usually goes along with white privilege. And it turns out they're far more likely to survive. Because, in fact, our taxes do help determine who lives and dies. Because we have some very limited forms of government-subsidized health insurance, depending on what state you're in, which are funded by taxes. Mm -hmm. And we'll get to all of that shortly. But ultimately, taxes are the most powerful tool the government has. Because without taxes, the government would not even exist. Right. Government couldn't do dick. There would be no military. There would be no police and fire departments and roads, and we would have no idea whether nuclear tree frogs are getting laid. Or if they're even possible. Exactly. Okay. So let's talk about the history of taxation. Uh, okay. <laughs> if we have to, sure. <laughs> I feel like this episode is just going to make me mad. Consider this a punishment. I don't know what you did, but... <laughs> but, it, but I did it. It's, that's I'm fair. sure you did something. It's fair. I hope you've learned your lesson. I'm in the process of learning it. <laughs> The first official taxes on record date from ancient Egypt. Uh-huh. There may have been taxes before then, but they were like, give me a chunk of every woolly mammoth you kill or I'll whack you with this club. Which is more extortion than taxes, but <laughs> I'm sure people could qualify taxes as extortion. My cave, my rules. So we're talking around 3000 BC mm. for the first taxes. This is an ancient form of taxation that predates the first stamped coins. This was back when the barter system was the primary means of obtaining goods and services. Right. The first Egyptian coins, by the way, were called shat, and they were flat silver discs. At the time, a cow cost eight shat, and a typical house cost ten shat. I'm too five-year-old for this. <laughs> I cannot giggle at that every time you say it. What I find interesting is that a cow was only 20% cheaper than a house. I'm sure that's what you focused on, not the fact that you just said <laughs> shat six times in a paragraph. Well, it's weird. Like, I get that cows are very valuable, especially back then, like milk, cheese, and eventually meat, obviously. Right. But also, I assume houses were just, they sucked. Well, yeah, they were dried mud and or stone if you could, if you were super rich. And I guess if you only had eight shat, you could always just throw a blanket over a cow and sleep under him, and that was just as good. And you would have shat in the morning on your head. <laughs> Uh, that's never getting old to me. I told you, I warned you, you know who I am. Did I say sleep underneath him? Yes, because cows are hymns now. <laughs> Probably don't sleep under a bull. That's <laughs> I me. Mean, if you can. Unless, <laughs> unless you want to experience Iromatio. Emil <laughs> Oh, that is the most ridiculous callback we've had. That caught me by surprise and made me laugh pretty hard. Okay, see, taxes can be fun. <laughs> as long as face fucking and chat are involved. <laughs> Told you I was delirious. It was, you get a little punchy and then these episodes get wild. But look, see, taxation can be really interesting. All right. So there were initially two types of taxation, the tithe and the corvée. The word tithe actually means one-tenth of something. And it is generally associated with church donations. Mm. You were expected to provide a portion of your income to the church. Uh, Mormons are still expected to give a full 10% of everything they earn because, I don't God has bills. Dude, that's nothing. Look up Scientology. Yeah. I mean, they're not even claiming they're giving it to Xenu. They're just like, give us money because fuck you, Scientology. We'll Signed you, Scientology. <laughs> we'll get you an acting job or something. Maybe. Yeah, why does God need money? I don't I don't understand it. Is it Heaven ain't cheap, 
Do you know how much a single harp costs up here? We got to keep everyone in harps. We need to, we got to dry ice for the cloud machine. Make one universe. Go yeah. on, go on, make a universe. Yeah. No, no, I'll wait. Then complain to me about yeah. 10%. <laughs> Without me, there wouldn't be money. Don't Without complain me, about... you wouldn't have shat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much a harp costs. But yeah, I don't know. No idea. Are they expensive? They're expensive as shit. Yeah. I don't know. Somewhere between like 20 bucks and 5,000. That's my <laughs> estimate. Very... Seven years to life. <laughs> this is why. Two to 200,000. <laughs> That's why if we record two episodes back to back, it's a problem because we're just it's just all references to an episode that either hasn't come out yet or that no one remembers by now. Right. So in ancient times, a tithe was actually 20 percent of your grain or similar crop, which seems to contradict the actual meaning of the word tithe. I'm not sure how that worked. Math was very new. The tithe went directly to the pharaoh, but the pharaoh would often stash some of that crop away in case of famine. And much of it could end up being redistributed to the peasants during lean times. A little bit of ancient socialism. Hmm. Unless those lean times look like they were going to last a while, in which case, try not to starve too loudly. It's deplorable that uh, a lot of people are starving right now, um, but I'm keeping this. I can't do a Bernie Sanders. I was trying. <laughs> the other type of original tax was the aforementioned corvée, hmm. which was slavery. Oh, if you didn't have any grain or items of value to give the pharaoh, you were expected to move into his palace and repeatedly service him via manual stimulation to climax. A fucking what win? No, you, you did have to work for him. Okay. <laughs> that sounds oddly believable. Or have I been watching too much Spartacus? I'm sure sex wasn't off the table. Probably on the table, under the table, <laughs> to the left of the table. Under the cow. Oh, under, the... <laughs> under the bull. <laughs> but this was unpaid labor. Uh, and it was very common because most citizens of ancient Egypt were poor AF. They didn't have any shat at all. I can't. In fact, the ancient Egyptian word for labor is the same as the word for tax. Hmm. They were like interchangeable. Otherwise known as synonymous. In 500 BC, after Egypt was subsumed by the Persian Empire, Darius the Great enacted one of the first organized and sustainable taxation systems. The massive Persian Empire was split into regions called satrapies, so named because they were administered by a satrap, or tax collector. Each satrapy was expected to provide a customized type of tribute. So India gave gold, Egypt mostly grain, Babylon was the wealthiest satrap, and had to contribute a little bit of everything. It was like a taxation combo platter. <laughs> Imagine being that one satrap was like, fuck, everyone's giving everything already, how do I the original? <laughs> we bring you sand, gold-plated sand. We're mud farmers, what do you want from us? The Sumerians, interestingly, contributed mostly massages. Okay. Sumerians, amazing masseurs. Mm. Yeah. No. I'll stop lying. Sounds like, sounds like absolute horse shit, but I was like, oh, oh, okay. Taxation tangent. Mm. Are you familiar with the Rosetta Stone? I mean, the language program? Well, what that's named after. Uh, no. So it's a chunk of black granodiorite. Three feet tall, two feet wide, 11 inches thick, 1,680 pounds. So not light? That's a lot for a three feet tall. Jesus, that thing is dense. Yeah. The stone was discovered on July 15, 1799 by a member of Napoleon's army near the Egyptian city of Rosetta. Ah. Which is modern day Rashid. So how is the Rosetta Stone related to our subject today? I don't know. You ask me. It was essentially a tax decree. In particular, a lowering of taxes decree. The boy king, Ptolemy V, 
was trying to quell a potential civil war, sparked by Egyptian soldiers who had returned from war to find that they were subject to a slew of new taxes, and they were not having it. Kind of rude, honestly. You just risked your life, got us some more shit? Yeah, pay me. Yeah. Hook us up with some of your shat. In order to keep the peace, Ptolemy rolled back and repealed a bunch of those taxes. He was like, all right, all right, all right, all right. My, my bad, my bad. You all just came back from war. You have a heavy ass stone. Got a lot of weapons. and <laughs> A lot of bloodthirstiness. The Rosetta Stone and other duplicates were carved to celebrate the Pharaoh's generosity. Kings and rulers tend to be very generous when the alternative is bloody rebellion. <laughs> Open civil war. <laughs> or at least bloody rebellion that they will most likely lose. Right. If they think they have a chance of winning. Less generous. So the stone lists those tax breaks... And in order for it to be understood by the maximum number of royal subjects, it was carved in multiple languages. Ancient Greek, as well as two flavors of written Egyptian, demotic and hieroglyphs. Hmm. And this is what made the stone so valuable. Amazingly, in the literally thousands of years since the fall of ancient Egypt, no postiquity scientists had been able to decipher hieroglyphs. Really? Mm-hmm. I feel like you're lying again. No. No. Okay. <laughs> this is the boy who cried wolf problem. Yeah. <laughs> lying a lot. Yeah. yeah. I thought they deciphered those. They like knew what this thing meant in this part of the... They have by now, and that's because of the Rosetta Stone. Ew. The ancient Egyptian pictographs had been an enduring mystery. The Rosetta Stone proved to be the key. By comparing the Greek portion of the stone to the exact same text in the hieroglyphic portion, historians were able to translate hieroglyphs. Hmm. Hieroglyphics. So taxes cracked the code of ancient Egypt. That's a bit of a reach. If not for those taxes, there would have been no stone. Uh, you could just as easily say, if not for those vengeful, angry, post-war <laughs> soldiers, then we would have no Rosetta Stone. I mean, sure, but also taxes. <laughs> All right, dude, it's your episode. <laughs> so taxation rates vary widely over the course of history and the breadth of geography. Mm-hmm. One way to compare how much tax the citizens of a country pay is by comparing tax as a proportion of gross domestic product. For a modern, industrialized nation, the percentage of taxes paid by Americans is incredibly low, hmm. about 25%. In the UK, it's approximately 33%. Compare that to Scandinavian countries, where the percentage is closer to 50 hmm. Meanwhile, the education levels and standards of living in these countries are all very comparable. However, America has a major problem with homelessness, and our government doesn't cover health care for the vast majority of citizens. Mm -hmm. Likewise, the percentage of tax spent on public schooling is ridiculous. Yeah, we do subsidize health care for the elderly and the poor, and Obamacare has changed the equation a bit. But in America, the bulk of our taxes go to what are called mandatory expenditures, or entitlements which are health programs like Medicare and retirement programs like Social Security, those two programs combined eat up about half of the budget. Mm -hmm. Just to clarify, I'm not saying that's too much. I think it should be more. Mm -hmm. The other 50% of the government's budget is called discretionary spending, and 54% of American discretionary spending funds the military. We spend more on our military than the next seven highest spending countries combined. It is massive. Yeah, That's 15% of the total income of the government goes to the military. But in some ways, the military is also an entitlement. Soldiers are fed and housed, and their medical care is covered. The army is basically socialism. You work hard, you receive minimal pay, but all of your needs are taken care of and funded by taxpayers. Mm. Military veterans get their education paid for via the GI Bill. They get free health care for life 
via veterans' benefits. So the military is basically another entitlement program for people who are willing to get shot at. Yes. So let's talk about different types of taxes. Sure. Obviously, taxes vary by country, and some have fallen out of favor over the years. For instance, in 1698, Emperor Peter I of Russia implemented a beard tax. Dick move, Peter. Beards were extremely popular among the men of Russia, and uh, probably some women. It's Russia. Is Russia. How do you keep face warm? But the fashion in Europe was to be clean-shaven. And Peter wanted to make beards less attractive, so to speak, so he instituted a scaled tax. More inches, more money. Well, we talked about this before. So using taxes to alter or influence behavior. Right. And we also talked about regressive versus progressive taxes. To his credit, Peter's tax was progressive. It was scaled. Wearing a beard uh, was more expensive for wealthier members of society. Hmm. Wealthy traders and merchants paid 100 rubles per year to keep their chins warm, while peasants paid two half kopecks whenever they entered a city. It was like a toll. Hmm. Beard toll. Mm-hmm. Note that my source article for this said two half kopecks. You mean uh, a kopeck? Maybe kopeck math is like quantum physics. The normal laws of the universe don't apply. I mean, it's Russian money. I, I've never understood Russian money. Schrodinger's kopeck. Yes. If you were super attached to your beard, literally or otherwise, and you decided to pay the tax, you had to carry a beard token. <laughs> okay. A silver or copper coin with a Russian eagle on one side and a bearded lower half of a face on the other side. Not super creative, very literal, but effective. If you were wearing a beard, but you didn't pay the tax or you lost your token, you could be detained by the police and forcibly shaved. Ouch. With what? Is that a serious question? Like with a saber? <laughs> it's Russia, dude. Like <laughs> you do not have token. With a put your chin on that log. <laughs> with a guillotine. <laughs> At least it'd be quick. I'll just pay the tax. Yeah. Sounds like a really easy way for cops to get rid of guys they didn't like in 17th century Russia. I saw no token. He died. What do you want? Blade is cold. Is frosty. Is he? He squirm. He died. To be fair. To be fair. Have you ever tried to shave a man who doesn't want to be shaved? If I answer yes, is that incriminating? <laughs> <laughs> or anything that doesn't want to be shaved. Try to shave a cat and see how that works out. Again, if I say yes, is that incriminating? <laughs> to anyone listening, don't actually do that. Yeah, anybody, be nice to cats. Yeah. If you get one thing from this podcast, just be nice to cats. It's my only overarching message. It really sadly is. And dogs too. Be nice. As long as you accept that cats are better than dogs. Dogs are servants, cats are roommates. Gotcha. So broadly, there are two types of taxes that you most likely pay, mm. direct and indirect. Mm. A direct tax is paid directly to the government by the taxpayer. For instance, an income tax is subtracted from your paycheck and goes straight to the government. An indirect tax is one that is paid by an intermediary, like a shopkeeper, and passed on to the consumer. So if you own a furniture store... The consumer pays the price of the furniture with the tax included, and then you send that tax on to the government. Mm. Sales tax, service taxes, and excise taxes are all indirect taxes. Accepted. We discussed excise taxes before. Mm. Those are indirect taxes that are placed only on specific items. So I refer to them as uh, judgmental taxes. Gotcha. Dick tax. They're kind of bitchy. Mm. The government feels that you've been drinking too much and has decided to charge you more for alcohol. Mm. It's like a government intervention. As we mentioned, this is a sin tax, 
And once again, this is a regressive tax because everyone pays the same amount for the tax regardless of whether they're rich or poor. So we all actually pay the same amount. It's just that that affects poor people more than it affects rich people. Right. As said earlier. Which sucks because if you're poor, you probably really need a drink more than a rich person does. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when you got 99 problems but a paycheck ain't one, you, know, <laughs> you ain't got to worry about that. In my experience, based on the years right after college, the only thing that makes being super poor bearable is uh, vodka. Yeah. Yeah. In my experience, it was mostly just alcohol. Don't drink to cope with your problems, actually. I, I don't drink. That's probably why I don't drink anymore. Right. While drinking is actually technically classified as a coping mechanism, it is not one of the more healthy ones. No. Tariffs are taxes applied to imports or exports of goods. Ah. These are an effective way to manipulate the demand of foreign goods. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, you could slap massive tariffs on cars from another country which would force the manufacturers to raise the prices, making them super expensive, which in turn drives down demand for foreign cars and increases demand for domestic cars, the ones that you're producing. Hmm. Unless your country makes really crappy cars, in which case people would just pay the extra for a vehicle that doesn't immediately explode. <laughs> Stupid people, don't we know we're trying to support the American economy? Tariffs don't always work to influence behavior. The assumption is that you're going to... Do what's best for your pocketbook, but you might also do what's best for your not exploding. For your... For your life. Structural integrity. Yes. As a human. Yes. The problem also is that the other country might retaliate by slapping tariffs on items that you want to sell in their country, and now you have a trade war. I also remember this. Isn't this still going on with a few countries? Like China? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I said, taxes can be bitchy. Mm. You want to tax my cars? Well, I notice you're wearing a beard. <laughs> a capital gains tax is a tax that is assessed on any profit you make from trading stocks and or can apply to real estate and other investment income mm. if you buy and sell stocks quickly regular income tax is applied but it gets more controversial when we're talking about long-term capital gains which are assets held for more than one year those are taxed at a maximum rate of 20 percent in the united states which is way lower than the income tax for rich people if you're a wealthy person, that means it's in your best interest to have as much of your wealth as possible wrapped up in investments and capital gains assets because you're going to be paying less than the income tax you would pay if you cashed out all those stocks. Hmm. Does that make sense? I'm going to say yes. So you don't repeat that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> so in my opinion, this is really a problem. Okay. This is the reason billionaire Warren Buffett famously said that he is taxed at a lower rate than his secretary. Hmm. Obviously, he pays more in taxes overall because that 20% rate is being applied to his billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. But the portion of total income that his secretary has to give is larger in relation to the amount of money she actually has. Right. She's being taxed a higher proportion because her income comes from a paycheck instead of the stock market or real estate. And a lot of people say, well, why doesn't she just put her money into investments? And the answer is obvious, but I think it bears repeating. Most Americans aren't wealthy enough to invest in a ton of stocks and buy a bunch of buildings because they have to use most of their disposable income to put food on the table and pay rent. And when we do end up doing that, you get shit like the PayPal debacle where, you know, money put into stock market, manipulate stock market like rich people do, kickbacks, blah. Are you talking about GameStop? Yeah, GameStop, sorry. Whole other can of worms. I like worms. And the fact that middle-class Americans pay more tax on money they earn from working 40 hours a week than Warren Buffett or Jeff Bezos do from sitting around and collecting stock dividends is a travesty. 
<laughs> Agreed. I'm descending from my soapbox now. Are you sure? Mm. I feel that that's one soapbox and there are more to come. I see a line of soapboxes. You have little faith. Yeah. Yeah, there's probably more. <laughs> Fair enough. I, it's interesting. I don't see this changing anytime soon, even though everyone knows it's ridiculous. Yeah. If you have extra money and you own more things and you have more investments that are making you more money, then you pay less taxes on those. Yeah, but also people with more money have more free time to influence people who make laws and therefore system broken. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, until we give power back to us, you know, plebs, shit ain't going to change. Yeah, I mean, it was cool of Warren Buffett to call out the unfairness of the tax code. In a kind of rich people inside joke dickish kind of way. Yeah, I mean, I'm betting he didn't give his secretary a raise when he yeah. also called that out. Although Warren Buffett, I don't know if you know this, he's one of the billionaires who founded the Giving Pledge. Uh, currently, over 120 billionaires have pledged to give the bulk of their fortune to charity before they die. I'm waiting to see who actually holds up to that promise. Oh, they're already doing it. One of my personal heroes is Mackenzie Scott. Uh, ex-wife of Jeff Bezos and currently the second richest woman in the world. Hmm. She has been tearing through her fortune, just giving huge chunks of money to worthy causes left and right. Uh, Warren Buffett has given a lot away. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation have done amazing things. Mm -hmm. Most other types of taxes are pretty much self-explanatory, or they are so complicated and Byzantine that we couldn't cover them in one podcast. And that's how the tax code typically works. It's either like, you know, hey, give me 5% of everything you make, or like, all right, so we take 5% of every 30-second nickel of income after the winter solstice unless you sacrifice a suckling pig before the 12th Sunday in a leap year. One or the other. That just gave me a nosebleed. Jesus. And all of this goes to explain why there's a visceral reaction to taxes. I may not agree with the way my taxes are being used, but I don't have a choice as to whether I pay them. So, eh, taxes are a complicated subject. Yes. And that's why I didn't want you to do this fucking episode. I feel like we kind of did them justice. Yes, you did. I sat here and took it like a man. <laughs> there were some fun parts. Uh, sure. It wasn't all misery. Uh, okay. Whatever makes you sleep at night, dear brother. I think you'd be surprised at how many people will actually learn something valuable from this, whether or not they thought they would going into it. Hey, I, I'm looking forward to seeing the download numbers from this from this episode. <laughs> I, either either way, because either you will be proven right and be like, wow, that was an amazing, like people really learned from this and actually did like it, or I get to point and laugh. We should bet. I bet you three shat <laughs> that the download numbers I shit on your shat will actually and be raise terrible. you wampum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm betting that it would be bad. It would be bad. Okay. So, please tell a friend uh, that this is not usually what the <laughs> Knifex for Insomniacs is about. And, uh, you know, leave a review that is quasi-positive, as best you can do. And uh, go join us on Instagram. I promise we have fun pictures there um, that aren't about, you know, W4s and W2s. That is the trifecta. Tell a friend, add us on Instagram, and leave a review. Indeed. So, as ever and forever always, knowledge is power. Sleep is overrated.